Happy Thanksgiving week from everybody here at the Pool Cleaner Hour. Welcome to a new episode. Today we're going to be going over a pretty dark true crime tale taking place on Thanksgiving. This is the Thanksgiving Cannibal, also known as Omaima Nelson. After bludgeoning her husband to death on Thanksgiving 1991, Omaima Nelson butchered his body, fried his hands in oil, cooked his head, and mixed his remains with leftover turkey. Omaima Nelson was an Egyptian model who immigrated to the United States when she was 18. After a few short years, she would commit one of the most heinous crimes imaginable. And although she would claim it was an act of self-defense, Omaima would go to confess to putting on a red dress with matching shoes and red lipstick and cooking her dead husband's ribs with barbecue sauce. Omaima Nelson was born in Egypt in 1968 and grew up in Cairo. As a child, Nelson would claim she was subjected to abuse and female genital mutilation. Escaping this hellish situation the best she could in 1986, she immigrated to the United States, where she found work as a nanny and soon as a model in California. According to the Los Angeles Times, Omaima met Bill Nelson in 1991 at a bar playing a round of billiards. Bill used to be a pilot, but in 1984 he was convicted of smuggling some weed and was sent to prison for four years. After he was released on parole, he would land a job at a mortgage company. Prosecutors later said that before their meeting, Omaima had allegedly begun using her beauty to get several older men to lavish her with money, paying for her rent and buying her fancy new cars. After knowing each other for just a few days, the two got married. Bill, who was 56 at the time, couldn't believe his luck of marrying such a young and gorgeous model. However, according to Omaima, this fairy tale would become a nightmare. She would claim that Bill was horrifically abusive and that their marriage was anything but wedded bliss. She would endure repeated beatings and multiple rapes. Omaima claimed she had threatened to leave Bill when she discovered he was physically and sexually abusive, but this only made him angrier and more aggressive towards her. Bill Nelson would become enraged if she refused his request for bondage and would beat her. She said he even once punished her by throwing her newfound kitten out a car window. All of this happening within just a couple of weeks of being newly married. I paid for you. I'm getting what I want. Omaima Nelson recalled her husband screaming at her. The president of Bill's company, Sue Swanson, told the LA Times in 1991, They were a real quiet, mysterious couple. She said Bill had met Omaima and all of a sudden they were married. According to acquaintances, the couple spent their honeymoon visiting Bill's relatives in Texas and Arkansas. But even to their friends, the couple honeymoon phase seemed to wear off quickly. After only one month of, mar of marriage, Omaima claimed that Bill came to attack her on Thanksgiving morning. It was Thanksgiving weekend. In 1991, Bill allegedly sexually assaulted her in the California apartment. She claimed he tried to rape her and then strangle her, but she quickly grabbed a lamp and hit him with it before stabbing him repeatedly with scissors until he was dead. With her husband's corpse lying before her, one can only speculate what raced through the former model's mind. But whatever it was, would lead to a truly batshit insane scenario. So after dismembering her husband's body and cooking some of his remains, 
Omaima put pieces of William's corpse into the trash can, mixing them with the leftover Thanksgiving turkey in an attempt to disguise the hunks of human flesh. Then in this craze, she began shoving remains down the garbage disposal. Neighbors would report that they heard the grinding from their apartment for 48 hours straight. After working up an appetite, Omaima reportedly claimed that she cooked Bill's ribs with barbecue sauce and sat down to dine like she was in a restaurant. She would exclaim, They were so sweet. It's so delicious. I liked them tender. She drove to a friend's house and showed her a trash bag that she had stuffed with the back of Bill's red 1975 Corvette. These bags were filled with human remains and organs. She allegedly offered the friend $75,000 to help her dispose of it. However, instead, the friend immediately called the police. Not so ride or die. Law enforcement would also find Bill's severed head inside the freezer, trash bags containing his organs, his severed hands in a deep fryer, and other assorted bodies in a suitcase. Of what they could find, Bill's penis was never recovered. When they weighed all the human remains recovered from the home in the car, they discovered that approximately 80 to 100 pounds of the man were missing. Some were eaten, and the rest were assumed to have gone down the garbage disposal and down the drain. Randolph Pawalski, the Orange County Senior Deputy District Attorney, was at the apartment that day and explained what he experienced. There were suitcases and plastic bags soaked with dark liquid from body parts. In the fry cooker, there sat Mr. Nelson's hands, and when we opened the refrigerator, there was Mr. Nelson's head with a stab wound. She had entrails in his Corvette, and she was trying to get an ex-boyfriend to yank out the dentures from his head so that she could dump it in the back bays. The trial for this horrific murder started over a year later, after uh, during December of 1992. Omaima Nelson's attorney, public defender, Thomas G. Mooney, had decided the best route to go with was the battered woman syndrome defense, claiming that her childhood genital mutilations and previous abuse from her upbringing to the alleged assaults of Bill took their psychological toll and caused her to have this massive mental break. Naturally, the prosecution reminded the court of the multiple times Omaima has shown a history of conning people for money and that this was possibly just another ruse. It was also during this trial, it was brought up that Omaima was charged with assaulting a former boyfriend, Robert Hansen. According to Hansen and the authorities, in November of 1990, just a year before murdering Bill, Omaima would tie Hansen up in his Huntington Beach home and would try to rob him at gunpoint adding credence to the prosecution's theory that she had killed her husband to steal his money, not because he was trying to assault her. Dr. David J. Scheffner, a psychiatrist who examined Omaima following her arrest, diagnosed the former model as a psychotic at the time she stabbed and beat her husband to death. Scheffner also stated that he had never seen a case so bizarre, so psychotic, in his two decades as a professional. The Orange County Superior Court jury deliberated six days before acquitting Nelson of first-degree murder, concluding that where there was insufficient evidence to prove the slaying was premeditated, despite the extensive mutilation of the body, said Foreman Famous Hooks, 35, of Fountain Valley. But the jury still found her guilty of the lesser offense of second-degree murder. Jurors were disturbed by evidence presented during the trial, which included tales of bondage sex games, decapitation, castration, and even an allegation of cannibalism, said Hooks, who spoke on behalf of the 11 other jurors. Look, all I want to do right now is go home and go to bed, said Hooks, what a mood, who said evidence, photos of the dismembered body parts will be impossible to erase from his memory. You had to see the pictures. They showed us these pictures. The pictures were bad enough, he would add. 
<laughs> I just want to go home and go to bed. It would take until 1993, two years after the brutal slaying and cannibalism of Bill, for Omaima to be sentenced. She was given 28 years to life for the second-degree homicide. Omaima Nelson was first eligible for parole in 2006, but was denied, as she was found to be an unpredictable threat to public safety. She would also change her story now, from saying that her late husband's cooked meat tasted sweet, to saying that she never ate any of him. That was apparently a lie. The district attorney's office was sure to let the judge know that Omaima had failed to complete any educational or vocational classes while incarcerated and had failed to abide by all the prison rules. She then remarried while in prison, this time to a man in his 70s, who died before her second bid for parole would happen in 2011. But before that, besides the fact that somebody married this person... They allowed her to have regular conjugal visits. During this second attempt at freedom, Omaima claimed that she was not the person she was 20 years ago, the woman who refused to let go of any pain anyone had ever caused her. She said she had looked for love in all the wrong places, but now I value my integrity in my journey. I now have a strong desire to help others. <laughs> she told the board that she was now a fully dedicated born-again Christian, which is classic and that if released would flee the country and go live with her mother in Egypt. As evidence of the change, she cited visits she shared with the now-deceased husband, a man in his 70s that she married in prison. She would say that we had three-day conjugal visits. There were knives in the kitchen, and he never felt threatened or endangered in any way. I loved him so much. And she says this, although that guy's dead and couldn't speak on it. But also, why was she given three-day visitations? Like, to leave the prison and go to kitchens? <laughs> like, that seems kind of insane and not something that should probably be happening. Uh, so, she told the parole board that she'd been living in the fast lane, hopping from man to man, and drinking and using drugs. She told a prison-appointed psychologist that she had thought about killing Nelson before carrying out the slaying. I felt that I was doing the right thing by exercising this judgment as I was killing him. I'm not denying that I did what I did, and I'm very sorry for the family. Terrence Scott, who represented her on the first appeal, said he doubted she would be released, except perhaps to a mental institution. He also added that she had specifically chopped up her husband in an effort to avoid meeting him in the afterlife, which is in accordance to Egyptian mythology. The last person to speak before Bill Nelson's 30, was 35-year-old daughter, Margaret. After several months of composing herself, she would read a written statement about not having her father at her wedding or being able to introduce him to her eight-week-old daughter. She revealed that her father had invited her to that fateful Thanksgiving dinner to meet his new wife. She had angrily refused, but she said she had remained kind and patient. Margaret Nelson said the reason she was at the hearing was to return some human dignity to the man who was my father. I don't know the adequate punishment for a murderer who doesn't even leave a family a body to mourn over, but I do know you do not let them out. Omaima Nelson, the cannibal of California, will be available once more to request parole in 2026. And that is all I have this week for you guys. A uh, true crime that I had not actually heard of until I was specifically looking for some Thanksgiving tales. 
So let me know what you think in the comments. Um, do you agree that this person should get conjugal visits? Do you do you believe her tales that, well, I guess there's one tale that she did possibly eat them and then another that she possibly didn't. I, you know, either way. What are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? Do you like Thanksgiving? Because I, I don't. Thanksgiving has always been a big stressor for me. With the, It's one of those holidays that has a lot of obligations and everybody wants you at their house and it's just always been i feel like i spend more time driving not in these past few years but that's just how thanksgiving was to me growing up and then there's always black friday which is just the most human thing after spending a day of supposedly being grateful for everything and then people wake up at 5 a.m to get some crappy deals the the, the whole concept of black friday is just so stupid just the the fawning over materialism, the amount of people that die every year trampling each other uh, for for what for like the price that things should be normally because they're selling it at that price. That means they can always be that price. It's Black Friday because it's all about making profits to put themselves above whatever. But that that's its own soapbox. If you guys enjoy Thanksgiving, I hope you have a good time. I like sweet potato casserole. I think I used to like the sweet potatoes and the, uh, the marshmallows and all that. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in and, uh, I hope you're enjoying the show. If you guys have any suggestions or anything like always just follow me on Instagram at tinkerbuff underscore. And, um, if you want nonstop movie reviews, follow me on letterbox at also tinkerbuff. If you want to find me anywhere on any social media, just look up tinkerbuff. That's where I'm at. All right, guys, you have a good holiday. Stay safe. Don't, Black Friday's not worth your life. Don't worry about it. And um, if you make it through, I'll see you next Monday.